Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Hey, 180 family, welcome to another round of COVID worship. Whether you're watching this in different parts of the country or the world, we want to just welcome you. It's so great to be in the house of the Lord together. Uh, Right before we close our eyes and slip away, led by P-Lid and the worship team, as we look up to the Lord in this time, in this beautiful day, let's take a moment to center ourselves. I'm sure um, with Mother's Day and all that's going on, it's pretty hectic. And I wanna give you just a moment of solitude to be still and know that He is God. So center yourself. Let's just take a pause before we exhale. And now, let's exhale. (sighs) Whatever's weighing heavy on your heart, your mind, whatever's bringing you anxiety, the Bible says, cast your cares. Um, Your cares on the Lord for he cares for you. And now inhale (sighs) that transcending peace. His presence is the air we breathe and let it anchor you and fill you so that the peace of God, the peace that transcends all understanding can come guard your hearts today in this week. Well, we know it's Mother's Day, so I wanna wish all the mothers in our community a happy Mother's Day. Um, that's, those are the flowers I got. My wife, my, there's, I mean, there's nothing we could do without mothers. Um, P. Lid and, and my wife and the mother to our two boys, uh, she is the, the foundation of our house. So we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day, babe. Thank you so much for all that you do. And even my mom, even though she's gone, I, I remember in the past, I, re- I have so f- such fond memories of her sacrifice in my life. Um, and I honor her. And we're called... In, my, in our lives to honor our parents, the Bible commands us to honor. and actually has a promise that when we honor our parents, uh, we would be given a longer life, a long, prosperous life. So um, I know many of you have already planned or have done things for your mothers, but make sure to call, send a note, send some flowers, and to let them know that you're grateful for their sacrifice. And we want to thank you for all the sacrifice you're making for your ch- your children in our community. Mothers, thank you so much. So we're going to P-Lid now. Um, and before we do, just want to remind you two quick things. Um, Dr. Calvin Brown is continuing his series on Q5, five questions that are life-changing to anyone's life. And today he'll tackle, what is my calling? So right after worship, we'll go right into that. Last thing, it's the last week before the day in the sun next week. So please, if you have an RSVP, do so immediately right after this broadcast so that we know how much food to get and to have a wonderful time gathering together again as we battle this COVID-19 pandemic. And you guys did a fantastic job. So thank you so much. We'll see you at day in the sun. Enjoy the sermon series here and I'll see you in a minute. Hi everyone. This week's scripture is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, good morning, 180, and it's good to be with you uh, once again. I tell you, I've been really encouraged by the feedback I received from uh, Pastor Sam about uh, the impact that these messages have uh, had on some of you and impact on your lives and your thinking. And uh, so I'm, I'm really appreciative of that feedback. Uh, today is going to be uh, part number three of 5Q. It's going to be our third question and five questions that we're asking for uh, effective self-leadership for uh, transformation. Um, so the uh, first question, if you recall, was who am I really? Uh, we looked at identity and, and self-awareness. Uh, the uh, second question uh, was what is my story? And uh, issues related around uh, reconciliation and redemption. Uh, today, uh, we are going to be uh, looking at question number three, and that is, what is my dream? And it is about, uh, about calling. And so I'm excited about this one because uh, this is this is probably where we get the most excitement generally uh, the the first question is digging deep and it, it can be really challenging number of layers to try to peel back and question number two can be really very difficult to process as well which is why so many people tend to skip questions one and two and they want to go right to a direction and vision and calling and but it's so important to do the work in the first two questions uh, and not that that's static it's once you do it it's done there's always more to process and to uncover but we need to give attention to those first two questions before we can I really believe more authentically step into uh, question number three, and that is, you know, what is my dream? Understanding who I am in Christ, understanding my, my bent, my shape, my gifts, abilities, and what have you, uh, more fully understanding my story, both the highs and the lows, and how God has been shaping me for such a time as this. Now, uh, I asked the question, okay, what do I do with this? Where do I fit into God's plan? 
There is a, uh, a piece of artwork, type of artwork, I guess I should say, uh, called an autostereogram. Now, I'm not sure how popular it may be today, but this is a number of years ago, uh, I remember being uh, exposed to this. And in recent years, I've actually stumbled across them, uh, maybe more of a throwback kind of item. But it's a, it's a piece of artwork with, it's just a series of dots, and it looks like just multicolored, randomly placed dots, but the entire piece of art is made up of dots. But what's really interesting is that if you stare at this piece of artwork and, and, and long enough, and I guess in the correct way, something shifts in, uh, in, in your, the, the way your, your brain is processing the information and you actually begin to see an image in the dot pattern. And it's really, it's almost like magical the way it pops out. And then all of a sudden, once you see it, it's hard to not see the image and just see the, the random pattern or seemingly random pattern of dots. Some of these uh, art pieces are so sophisticated, once your eyes adjust properly, you can actually see the item moving like a fish sort of swimming and moving. And this is a static piece of art. I think that piece of art, that auto stereogram, that type of artwork reminds me, and the experience that one has in, in seeing it, reminds me of Isaiah. And that's where we're going to process question number three today is uh, in, from the book of, um, of Isaiah, chapter six, verses one through eight. Because what you have is a man who um, appears to be a godly man, a prophet of God, and um, he's going about life and doing what prophets do, but something happens and he sees life, his life, he sees the world, he sees God, like everything in a different light. It just changes for Isaiah. Something shifts and all of a sudden that which has always been there reveals itself in a new way to Isaiah. And it it leads Isaiah on a journey. He finds his place in God's work in a more significant way. And my hope and desire is that that resonates with you and that now that you've answered the questions, at least at some level of, who I am and what my story is, now we're ready to unpack uh, at some level the calling, the dream. Let me read through the passage and then I wanna take time to just kind of walk through with a few more questions. Isaiah 6, beginning with verse 1. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? In verse 1, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah's death somewhat caused Isaiah to slow down and deeply reflect. It's like, it's like a marking of time for Isaiah. He, it's, it's, it's like a, uh, a milestone. It's like a marker to say, at this day and time, in this moment, something happened. And that something that happened caused him to slow down and to see and to reflect. See, Isaiah had known no other king except Uzziah. He had served for decades. And sometimes, um, perhaps the 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 human authorities perhaps in our midst be, can become so big and so dominant or something else can be some become so big and so dominant that we can it can really block out what god really wants us to see some activity some purpose some person so it leads me to ask this question. What might God be doing to slow you down or to stop you in your tracks in order to cause you to reflect? It took you King Uzziah's death, which was significant, and it caused Isaiah to pause and to reflect, the tone is reflective. In the year that King Uzziah died, there's a reflective tone. I remember on a couple of occasions, um, sports was, was big and perhaps too big in, in my mind on some occasions. And um, I, remember, uh, I remember fracturing an ankle, <laughs> playing uh, competitive football when I should have been it a, a, should have been at worship on Sunday morning. I remember fracturing my hand when I thought, okay, next thing is I'm, I'm going to be a pro golfer. 
And I just remember in those times, the Lord just saying, Calvin, you need to, you need to pause for a moment. You need to, well, he made me pause, at least from that thing that was consuming a lot of my time. And it caused me to think about some things, to reorient myself. For you, might he be causing you to reflect, perhaps even during this time of pandemic, it's caused uh, really the whole globe, at least for some period of time, to pause and reflect. So what might he be bringing into your life to cause you to slow down and to reflect? Here's second thing. In, in verses 2 through 4, we see this amazing, which I'm not going to try to unpack it all, but this amazing vision of God that he has, he experiences. Like he sees this, these, these angelic beings whose full-time job is to just worship God, worship the Lord. And he sees this, this magnificent display of God's awesomeness, his, his magnitude, his majesty. I mean, in a way that he never would have described King Uzziah. King Uzziah was king. He had been king for a long time and king had like ultimate authority, at least among the people. But, but Isaiah is saying that when I when King Uzziah died, I saw the king, like the real king, the Lord of Lords, the Holy One, the Lord Almighty, an amazing in power. His, his presence, I, I love where he says, um, he says, just even the, the, the train of his robe fills the temple. Just that which follows behind him was was so powerful and magnificent. Isaiah saw God in all of his glory and power and holiness, at least to the extent that Isaiah could take it in. And here's the question for you. What does God want you to discover or rediscover about him at this point in your life? Maybe God has been an insurance kind of God. He's been there just in case you need him. But he's so much more. Perhaps he has been sort of a backup power in case you felt like your power has um, run low. Well, he's so much more than that. He is all-powerful. Perhaps you need to experience him as a healer as a counselor, as a comforter. What does God want you to discover or rediscover about him at this point in your life? There were some things that Isaiah needed to see and he saw them. Verse, verse, first part of verse five. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. As good as Isaiah may have been, he saw, when he was 
when he saw the holiness of God, the absolute perfection of God, no longer were other people his standard. No longer was something he had in his mind his standard for holiness and righteousness. When he saw the Lord in his perfection, he understood the standard and that he was so far short of it. Isaiah saw his own heart in life and how far it was from God's perfection. What does God want you to see about you in this season? What does God want you to see about you in this season of your life? Let me read a... um, a quote from Robert Brault. Cherish the friend who tells you a harsh truth, wanting 10 times more to tell you a loving lie. Yes, the word of God will direct us. The spirit of God will direct us. And there are also some people close to us that can help us see some things that that still need to be yet trimmed, that need to be corrected that need to be matured, brought up, taken away, added, whatever it may be. Look at the second part of verse five. And he says, and I live among a people, I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah saw the true condition of the people and culture around him and how far they were from God's perfect plan for them. He saw his own shortcomings first, his own imperfection in light of God's perfection, but then he saw as well the people around him. What does God want you to see about the world around you? And now we're starting to really get to the crux of calling and personal vision. See, we understand what God is doing. God is seeking, desiring, working towards reconciling every man, woman, and child into himself, forgiving them of their sin, bringing them into relationship with him, saving them, sanctifying them, maturing them more and more into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And one day, as Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you to be with him for all of eternity. God has given every follower of Jesus Christ a message of reconciliation to to help draw others into relationship with God through the good news about Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the scripture, was buried and raised from the dead according to the scriptures. It gives us hope now and forevermore. So that's what God is up to. What does God want you and me to see about the world around us. Because see, when we start talking about what is my dream, it can sound self-serving. What is God, like I've got these wonderful plans for my life, but God has a plan and a purpose, and it doesn't necessarily negate everything that's on your heart, the passions, the desires, the gifts, and the abilities, but it does say that whatever God is calling you to, whatever he ultimately wants you and me to do, is gonna fit into the scope of his overall plan. What are the needs? What are the opportunities around you? What are the hungers? 
What are the thirsts that you see around you and the people around you in the culture, in the systems? What is it that you see that God might have you participate in his work in? Verses six and seven, we see now Isaiah is this place of humility and brokenness, abasement, and he sees this ultimate need of the people. And then one of the seraphim, one of these angelic beings, flies to him and touches him with a live coal and tells him, your guilt is taken away. Your sin has been paid for. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isaiah experienced God's forgiveness. Isaiah experienced God's grace through forgiveness and cleansing. What grace of God is needed in your life, which he freely offers? What grace of God? Do you need his mercy? Do you need his grace? Do you need his love? Is it forgiveness? What is it that you need from God that he so freely gives? What is it? Maybe it's that last little thing that's kind of keeping you hung up from living out what he's called you to. What is it that you need? Maybe there's some some freeing up. Maybe there's something that you need from him to release you into what he's calling you to. Courage, maybe. Forgiveness. Encouragement. And then finally, in verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah was invited into God's work. He was invited into God's work. It was going to be a challenging work too, if you read the following verses and through the book of Isaiah. A very difficult work, but God needed one who was clear in who he was, understood his story, received God's freedom and forgiveness and empowerment and responded, was ready to respond to God's calling. What work do you sense God is inviting you into? And it doesn't have to be what we consider this magnificent, huge work. It's maybe it's serving children in your church. Maybe it's being an advocate for um, the marginalized in your community. Maybe it's being salt and light in your workplace. Maybe there's something more, not significant, but maybe grander. It's the formation of something new and altogether different. It might mean a real shift, a significant shift in your vocation. I remember mentoring a, a young brother uh, this is about seven, eight years ago. And he actually was enrolled in one of the top medical programs in the nation. And it was because uh, I believe his father uh, was a physician, surgeon perhaps. And, and uh, so he was doing what, what the family expected him to do. But he said in that first, he said really the first day when they 
when in a group setting, each of the students expressed their, why they desired to be a doctor. He listened to their reasons and it just, something clicked in him. And he said, this is not what I want to do with my life. And he left and went into ministry. He said, ministry today. That was significant and that was hard to do, but he was willing to listen to the voice of God he responded to it, and, and he's the last time I connected with him was about a year and a half, two years ago, and he was working amongst um, in an inner city environment amongst marginalized kids who literally, literally, he had to navigate and negotiate with with drug dealers in the front of this outreach center to move to another space, another block, so that the kids could have free passage into this facility. So there's our question. What is my dream? And this isn't just an independent, um, isolated answer. I believe you will find the answer to that in the context of what God is doing, not only in and through you, but around you. Father, thank you. Thank you for um, choosing us. Thank you for our life's journey and story. And uh, thank you for uh, the dream, the work, that you have called us into, ultimately drawing men, women, and children into relationship with you. Help us to see our role in that, who we are, our story, the gifts and abilities, Lord, to give us, give us a dream that's from you, personal calling and vision that's from you. In Jesus' name we pray.
bow your heads for the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. All right, guys. Love you. See you later. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church. And we want to thank you all for joining us for today's Sunday service. Before we finish up today, we have some community news that we just want to share with everyone, starting with tithes and offering. For all of our members, we just want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of your finances by tithing faithfully. You can make your offering through Venmo at Church180. You can make an offering through Chase Quick Pay at offering at 180church.tv. Or if you'd like to make your offering through PayPal, you can follow the link on our website at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline, which you can find at 5397prayer or at prayer at 180church.tv. And this is a great resource for those moments when we feel like we need some support and some prayer, not only for ourselves, but for our family members, our co-workers, and all of our loved ones. Our prayer team is there, ready, willing, and able to lift up your prayers. So just send them along. Again, it's 5397prayer or prayer at 180church.tv. And when you feel like God has moved in those areas, make sure you send them a praise request as well so that we can all celebrate what God is doing in your life. Our next announcement is about small group, which is smaller pockets of our community where we come together to discuss the Sunday sermon, to really see and encourage each other where God is leading us, and to really just do life together with one another. Because even though we're still social distancing, community is still a vital part of our lives. And this is a great place where you can find that. All of our groups are meeting virtually right now, so no matter what group and what stage of life you're in, or where you are located, we have a group that would be perfect for you. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180Church 
Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. Next, we have the virtual 180 Cafe on Discord, which is a great way for all of us here to keep in touch with one another. There you can share what's going on in your life and join a conversation about gardening and gaming, about sports and entertainment, basically anything that you can think of. It's a great way for all of us to stay in touch with one another, both on your computer and on your mobile device. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.